What's up, everyone? Happy Friday, December 2nd. And yes, for those that are watching on YouTube, a brand new setup. I'm officially, I guess I'm a Yinzer now. Uh, moved into the house. Well, got the keys Thursday, moved into officially today. Um, this room is actually looking good. Uh, the rest of the house is not. But uh, for today's episode, we're going to go over the game against the Vegas Golden Knights from Thursday. How it was just great to watch that game. Uh, in Pittsburgh and just what they did right versus what they did wrong. And then, of course, we're going to preview the game against the St. Louis Blues on Saturday, a Blues team that's just had a lot of struggles, I think, this season. So that's all coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You want to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LO for Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet, by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more prompts, ons, and lines than ever before. That has been online where the game starts. So <clears throat> let's just get right into it again. You know, I, I, I feel super relieved to, you know, finally, I finally be a, a resident uh, of this city. Um, I'm hopefully going to go to a lot more games now and um, I'm fired up. I, we, you know, we, we love this place. Uh, it, it's awesome. And, you know, I think that my office set up right here, better chair, better backdrop. There's going to be pictures in the back and all that for those that watch on YouTube. So really looking forward um, to this office room, but, you know, just glad it's not just a, a gallery wall of other stuff and just a bunch of weird ass, uh, we, uh, weird other stuff. Part of my language there. Uh, <laughs> anyways, let's get into it. So the Penguins, a four to three come from behind victory over the Vegas Golden Knights. And the Penguins were down two nothing after that first period. But I, I was kind of saying to myself, would not be surprised if this team came back just because they, they were cooking the Knights at 5v5. The only reason the Penguins were down in that game and why I thought it was a lot closer than it should have been was because the power play for the most part was bad up until the end. And then the penalty kill had a very uncharacteristically bad game. Um, because if you look at overall, you know, from that first period at 5 5, the Penguins had 57% of the shot attempts. They had 66% of the scoring chances and then 66% of the high danger chances and 53% um, of the expected goals. So if you go to all situations there, you know, then it actually gets a bit closer. The Penguins only had 51% of the shot attempts, 50 50 in terms of scoring chances, same with high danger chances. And um, it was the Knights that controlled the expected goals. But 5 5 wise, the Penguins were cooking them. It was all a matter of just. Stop taking penalties because, you know, the ninth power play has been one of the best in the league this year. And, you know, they, they showed that big time uh, on Thursday. But the second period comes, Penguins, they keep cooking them. They, they ended up tying the game. Third period, they go down again. But I'm still like, okay, keeping the faith, trusting the process. Sure enough, got the tying goal and then got the game winner. If you would have told me that they would have scored a power play goal, and Kasperi Kappen would have had the game winner in my first night as a resident. I would have I would have thought you were in the twilight zone. Did not see one, heck, did not see both or even one of them happening. But, you know, they did, and the Penguins were able to get the win because of it. But 
Overall, I think this was a very good collective team effort. I saw some people kind of harping on Tristan Jari a little bit for that second goal. I think that was just a nice shot. You know, I saw some people saying he's got to make a save there, made himself look small. You know, can kind of see that to a degree, but also I think that was just a really nice shot from Riley Smith on the power play. Sorry. I mean, sometimes you got to credit the shooter in that in, in that situation. But, you know, when <clears throat> when it got, when it really mattered, in those final five to six, seven minutes when the Knights were really pushing, especially in those final couple of minutes, Jari made the saves that he needed to make, looked like last year's version of him, and the Penguins were able to come out with the victory. They got scoring from all four lines. I thought a lot, most of the defensemen played really well. I think this was just a great collective team effort. I thought, that again, the Penguins, they took it to the Knights all game long, especially at 5v5. If I go over the full numbers here at 5v5, Penguins had 60% of the shot attempts per 60 minutes, 66% of the scoring chances, 75% of the high danger chances. The Knights, this was a 4-3 game. The Penguins had 15 high danger chances for five high danger chances against. That is a marvelous job by the Penguins defensively. Heck, they limited the Knights the final 40 minutes to Two of the five came in the final two periods. That is how good defensively the Penguins played. If you go to all situations and look at the high danger chances, 19 to 8. So a little bit, you know, not as lopsided, but still pretty decently. You go to expected goals, the Penguins, 62% of the expected goals at 5v5. You go to all situations, it goes down to 55%. You know, special teams factor in to that. And again, this is one of the best teams in the league, if not, you know, the best team in the West right now. And the Penguins, you know, you, you can see why so many people, you know, were high on them coming into this year because they have the ability to play like this on an every night basis. It's just that, you know, they just got to keep playing and being more consistent in some of these games just because, you know, it's still early December. They haven't really, you know, gotten it going fully yet. You know, it, they start, I guess, to get more going towards the late stages of this month, January, February, when the games start to matter even more. But, you know, you saw last night, that was, I think, a playoff-like effort, in my opinion, especially in those final two minutes. That also just felt like a playoff-like. And, you know, you're on the edge of your seat. Butt cheeks are clenched. Goalie's got to make a save. The Penguins aren't getting a lot of clears. And, you know, sure enough, Tristan Jari did. But, you know, just a really fun game to watch overall. And I was just really appreciative of everyone's efforts. You know, Brock McGinn, he gets his sixth goal in his last 12 games. Bit of a lucky bounce, but the Penguins kind of needed that. Ricard Raquel gets a beautiful goal right off a really nice passing sequence from the Penguins. Sidney Crosby wins a puck battle along the boards behind the net, just out muscles Nick Haig for that puck. Gets who gets it to Jake Ensel, feeds a wide open Raquel five feet out. And Alec Martinez not able to get his stick on it, ties the game. And then the third period, four on three situation, <clears throat> power play, getting good zone time. It looks like Malkin's going to tee one up. Do a Geno bomb? Nope. Goes back to Gensel. He tees one up for a one-timer. Penguins tie it. And then just a few moments later, of all people, Kasperi Kapanen, who has had a dreadful season to date, not looking like the player who they signed during the offseason, he gets a massive goal to lift the Penguins to a 4-3 lead, and that was eventually the game winner. His celebration <clears throat> excuse me, was awesome. You know, it, it literally... Based off of it, you, you would act like he had never scored a goal in his career, but you know he knows how much he struggled these last couple of years. Maybe this gets him going. Maybe it doesn't. Who knows? But you know, at least for that night, you know he was a positive player for the team. Also had an assist. 
Um, I will say that. But overall, I, I just think this was a great win for the Penguins. I'm going to go into a little more individual performances in the second segment here, as I always do. I love you know doing that and going into who really impressed. But I think overall, much needed win. I think the heart their hearts were a bit heavy just because they were playing for Crystal Tang, who you know we don't know if he, when he's going to come back, if he's going to come back at all this season. I imagine that he is considering. Elliot Friedman said that he wanted to play 24 hours after suffering a stroke. He's been going for some twirls on the ice. He's not going to start practicing the team for a few weeks, maybe more. Um, but, you know, their hearts were definitely heavy. And the fact that some of the 09 guys were in the, in the rink, they wanted to put on a good show for them. So big win. Uh, you know, it was a very fun game to watch. The crowd was into it, even though the attendance didn't look like it was that good. Um, but I think there's multiple factors that play there in the Penguins. You know, just a couple points out of second now. Two points out of third, three points out of, out of second, excuse me. So really nice win. And I'm going to get into some more individual performances coming up after this commercial break. And then we will preview the game against the St. Louis Blues to finish up today's episode. But before I get to that, on your wonderful screen for the YouTube audience, Ben Online, <clears throat> it's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. That has been online where the game starts. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Lower Store Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So let's get into some individual performances who I thought really stood out. And, you know, let's start with P.O. Joseph. Honestly, Yins, I thought that was his best game as a Penguin by far. He was phenomenal. You go to the stats. And natural Shattuck played 11 minutes at 5v5. He was on the ice for 70% of the shot attempts, two goals, zero against, if I'm reading, making sure I'm reading all this right, 66% of the expected goals and 75% of the scoring chances. If you go to all situations, it gets even better. 72% of the shot attempts for the Penguins when POJ was on the ice, two goals again, 69% of the expected goals, and then 75% of the scoring chances. He was dynamite. He was joining the rush a lot more than he usually does. His skating up the rink with the puck was flawless. His defending was beautiful. He was getting some good scoring chances. He's really starting to put it together right now. And, you know, he's making me eat a little bit of crow because coming into the end of the season, I had Ty Smith ahead of him. I thought he was going to make the team. You know, obviously their, their cap situation did not allow that to happen, but they took a chance on him. They said, hey, it's do or die time for you. We just signed you to this new deal. It's a one-way contract. We got to see what you're made of. And so far he is showing that the Penguins were right to sign him to that new contract because remember for them, didn't really do much in the NHL. Was always just in Wilkesbury, kind of biding his time. Now you're really seeing just how talented of a player he is. Defensively, I think it's always been there, but offensively, you know, I've been, I've been wanting the Penguins to really unlock a little bit more in him, and I think you're seeing that right now. Whoever he plays with, he's just playing really well. I'd actually like to see him get some top four minutes going forward. Yeah, I know he's been on the bottom hearing a lot with Jan Ruta most of the season when the Penguins' defense is fully healthy. Kind of want to see him up there on the second pairing now because I know Petrie plays on the top pairing 
with uh, Marcus Pedersen, but you know, you could do, you know, POJ um, on that second lefty spot and then put whoever else you want on that right side. Maybe you want to put Chad Ruedel up there, something like that. But, you know, I, I, I would move him up and then move Dumoulin down. Uh, to the bottom pairing. Um, I think POJ had an excellent game. I think that was the best game of his uh, season today. Re- I'm really impressed with him. I would like to see him, you know, really quarterbacking that second unit more, especially what, if Chris Tang is able to come back, I would actually take Petrie off that unit and put POJ on there because I haven't really been thrilled with Petrie's quarterbacking um, responsibilities yet. Just hasn't really done it for me overall, but, you know, really solid game from him. And I think he's going to build off that. Going for uh, Brock McGinn again. What more can you say? Six goals in 12 games for him. Sell high as I continue to joke, but also maybe not just because the Penguins are um, up against the salary cap. And I don't, I don't think they're going to trade him in a year or two of a 44 year contract. And honestly, with right now, with how the bottom six has played for most of the season, he's been one of your best ones. I think you keep him at this point. Um, Ricard Raquel, you know, great goal. And Cindy Crosby, I think, had another really good game. He was good against Carolina, but, you know, he just he continues to impress night in and night out. He's top five in the league in five v five points. Actually, he's top three um, right now. And you know he's having a season for the ages. He's on the cusp of time Wayne Gretzky for 19 consecutive seasons of a point per game. Just the way he was able to win that puck battle from Nick Hague in the quarter because it looks like Hague has the puck, gonna be an easy zone exit. Nope, Sid just comes in, presses him against the board, says thank you very much. I'm gonna take this puck. I'm gonna feed it to Jake, and I'm gonna get it to Ricard Raquel, who has an easy empty netter um just great stuff and and, and you all know that's Sid's office he's gonna do that every single time to whoever it is behind the net you know that is Sidney Crosby at his best um I, again I do think Tristan Jari had a pretty solid game wasn't really I didn't really think any of the three goals that he gave up were bad the, the third one was just a screen deflection first one I kind of blame on Brian Dumoulin more because he just looked like a pylon in front of the net and then the second one I honestly thought was just, you know, it's just a nice shot, um, at, at least for me. Um, I, I think, obviously, Kasperi Kapanen, you know, just making his moment right there with the game-winning goal. I think he's going to continue to stay in the lineup while Dan Heinen continues to get scratched. I think right now, you know, especially after the goal, you kind of have to keep playing Kapanen until, you know, he potentially just falls off again. Um, I think the Penguins would be really foolish um, to take him out of the lineup right now. And I just can't believe I'm saying that, <laughs> uh, to be honest with you. Um, otherwise, I, I think everyone else uh, you know, was fine. Brian Russ had a couple glorious chances. I, I honestly do think that was one of Russ' better games. He had his signature move to the net. You all know the one I'm talking about where he just, he drives past the defender, goes, you know, backhand, forehand, has that signature wraparound that he always does. You can tell he's starting to gain a little bit of his confidence back, just has it found the back of the net. He also had a semi-breakaway on the power play. Really nice pass from Crosby to spring that, but that came in the second period. Just backhanded it above the net. I think he had that top shelf open if he was able to hit it. I don't think Thompson was covering it that well, but just wasn't able to fit, to fit it in. But I, I do think Russ had a much better game. Hopefully at some point he's going to start scoring now just because you know, he's not living up to that contract right now. But I do think this was a small step in the right direction uh, for him. There really aren't too many negatives out of this game. The power play continues to be mostly bad, but they did get the big game-time goal. That was their first power play goal in seven games. At this point, that broken 0-14 slump. Um, they need more out of it. <laughs> it, was, it was good to see the puck movement. Much better. I think even the power play before that, 
Um, the movement was more crisp. They were getting some solid chances, getting some traffic from the net. I actually really liked uh, reading Josh Yelley's article of The Athletic after the game. And uh, he was talking to Jake Ensel about some of the struggles. And, you know, Jake said they kind of went back to basics and they looked at some analytics for the power play and how last season the Penguins were top five among, in the league among teams in screening their goalies per game. And he said that they were looking at some numbers lately and they weren't doing that as much. He said they were at, towards, you know, the bottom half of the league in it. And he thinks that that's going to be a big catalyst to really turning this thing around. And he said, you know, that's what they were able to do for that power play goal in the third period that Jake was able to score. But, you know, it did, and it did obviously look like that Sid was in front. Um, and he's not usually there. Usually he's behind the net in his office, but, you know, I, I, I do something else at times, right? But, yeah, um, I, I, I really was intrigued and fascinated by that answer. I'm curious to see if that changes some things with the power play moving forward. You know, if, if there's more screens in front of the net, you know, will, will that lead to more goals or is the puck moving going to be as good? All that stuff. Re- really fascinating answer, I thought, uh, from Gensel when Josh asked him that. Definitely go check out that article if you haven't read it already. Uh, most of the defense I thought was fine. Brian Dumlin kind of had a man play on the first a goal that was scored by Ico. Outside of that, I think he was fine. He has, and I'm trying not to harp on him too much. I think he's been mostly fine since he's been taken off the top pairing. He just doesn't need a lot of those minutes. Um, but on that Ico goal last night, it, was, it just was not pretty. Um, hopefully, you know, we don't really see uh, too much more of that um in these next few games especially with let's hang out um, defending wise thought everyone played really well in the third period you know you're doing something right when you're holding a team to only five high danger chances and that's you know that's one of the best teams in the league they are the best road team in the league but you know this is looking everything like a stanley cup contender uh right now i think that's really all i have from an individual performance um base for this segment i thought gino had his legs off oh, that that chance that he had in the third period when he comes in, goes one on three, splits the defense, gets the shot off. That probably would have been a top three goal of his career. I think you all know the one that I'm talking about if you watched it. Um, just knife through those Vegas players like it was nothing. Almost scores. I think he even almost hit in the rebound too. Just a unbelievable individual effort by Malkin. And again, you know, I think that would have brought the house down for sure. And I think you would have seen that on Sports Center, uh, to say the least. Um, I think that's it though when it comes to this game. Just, you know, most of the players I thought played well and, you know, they keep their playoff spot and, you know, now, now they're 8-2-2 and, two and two in their last 12 games and they got the St. Louis Blues coming to town for the fourth game um, in this five-game home stand. They will end it against Columbus next week. So we are going to be previewing that game coming up right after this commercial break. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Penguins. And, of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So the Penguins-Blues, first matchup of the year against them. Uh, the Penguins, they did beat the Blues in Pittsburgh last year. I am making sure um, they played them in St. Louis as well. I believe they actually swept the season series against them. I, um, they, they, the second one, though, that big comeback 3-1 uh, that was the one I, I remember a lot more, of course, because of, I think it was one of the, the games of the season for the Penguins. And yes, yeah, I, I do confirm. Yeah, I, they um they did sweep the Penguins. I'm just, I, I just want to have this. I just want to double check this because I, I, I gotta 
Got to make sure. Yeah, that was the five three one, and then this was the yes, yeah, that was that was the, that's right. That was the shootout game that went like a ton of rounds. So I had to make sure. It's I blocked a lot of the shootouts out of my memory for obvious reasons. But yes, Penguins they did sweep the back to back. They did sweep the two games against the Blues last season. Last season, two really close games. That first one. 5-3 win, the Penguins were down 3-1 with about 10 minutes left in the third period, and they were able to score three goals in a matter of minutes to win the game. Um, I would expect Jordan Bennington to start for the Blues. I'm trying to be nice, but he is a legitimate piss baby. Um, that guy, I don't know if you all saw the replay. I put it on my Twitter page last night, for those that are not on Twitter. He tried to, for some reason, to check Jordan Stahl, of all people, and Stahl just, like, bulldozed over him, and he, Bennington just went falling to the ice. I'm like... Dude, can you be any more of a baby? It's just like he's a total man child. He's not even that good to begin with. The Penguins, they just got to get him off his game. I think that's honestly the biggest key for them to win this game. If you can get Bennington off his game, he's gonna let in a ton, he's gonna let in a decent amount of goals. Um, he played well against them in that game last season until the Penguins really blitzed him in that third period, and he was not happy. You know, he was kind of throwing a tantrum or two. And you know, that's what he does. You know, I think he's one of the biggest babies in the league. I mean, you know, it's not just a, it's not even a monthly thing. It's a weekly thing at this point. And I know the blues have been kind of below average this year, 11 and 12, a little lower in the central division, but you know, this is still a team that can be dangerous. Pavel Buchnevitz, Robert Thomas, Vladimir Tarasenko on the top line. Tarasenko had a renaissance year last year, even after being traded, scores over 30 goals, point per game player, very, very good sniper. Robert Thomas has really developed into a strong first line center. Pavel Buchnevich is making the Rangers look foolish for trading him. Brandon Saad, Ryan O'Reilly, Josh Levo. Uh, O'Reilly, not what he used to be. I will say that, but he is still a good player. You know what you're going to get from him defensively. He's one of the best two-way centers in the league. Can put the puck in the back of the net. He's a bit older now, but you know he's still a top six center. He's going to be a. T- he's going to be tough to go up against. And then obviously Brandon Saad, hometown Penguins kid. Jordan Cairo, Braden Shen, Ivan Barbashev. Shen has killed the Penguins numerous times in the past. Would not be surprised if he gets a goal against them. Jordan Cairo, I think, is really turning into a solid top nine player. I think he's probably going to be in their top six. Um, at various points throughout the season. And then Noah Chari as the fourth line center, Jake Neighbors. And then they actually have uh, Robert Bortuzzo, former Penguin, playing uh, forward right now. Funny, funny enough. Um, they have a couple injuries Logan Brown, Scott Pernovich, and then Marcos Gandela defensively. Nick Letty, Colton Pareko. Letty, not what he used to be. He's kind of washed, but Pareko, he's the guy to look out for for the Blues on their defense. Very good offensive puck-moving defenseman. Can also play well in his own zone. Um, I think he's one of the more underrated defensemen in the league. Tory Krug, Justin Falk. Krug, good power play quarterback. Always been solid in that regard. 5v5-wise, not as good, but you know he can still put up points throughout the wazoo. Justin Falk, decent enough. Callie Rosen, Nico Mikula. Remember, Mikula and Crosby, they've had their you know run-ins before. They've had more than just one one. Um running before and you know this is a hard no I don't know how to say this this is a hard nose team to play against it's a Craig Ruby coach team you know what you're gonna get with them this is not a team I think the Penguins should take lightly but again like big keys for me to winning this game you know getting into Bennington's grill he's going he's bound to have at least one maybe even more just baby sessions where he's just taking stupid penalties or trying to come out of the net and hit people or something like that he's just clueless um, I want to see the penalty kill get back to being much better. They had a rough night against the Golden Knights, but I also think the Knights just have much more talent 
on their first power play. I mean, the Blues have, you know, they have they can they have good players on their power play, Buchnevich, Thomas, Tarasenko, Crew, Kairou. Um, so they're not to be taken lightly, but I think with the Knights, they have them beat. They are in terms of high-end talent that they can put on the first year. So I think that's another big key for me. And again, you know, keeping it 5v5, I want to see the Penguins. You know, if you're able to blitz the Knights who, like St. Louis, are a heavier team, I think they should be able to blitz this Blues team at 5v5 as well. At least that, that's just how I see it. Um, so another very winnable game here. We'll see if the Penguins can get make it 9 out of 13 before they'll have another winnable game on Tuesday when they play the Columbus Blue Jackets. So that will do it for this episode of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. Hope you all enjoy that little preview looking over the lines, looking over you know, who to watch out for. Again, you know, would not be surprised if Braden Jen scores against this team. Um, you know, Tarasenko, obviously a great sniper. Buchnevich, he's been great throughout his career. You know, just because this Blues team is below average this year does not make them a pushover. They have a lot of talent. They can score at will. And when Bennington is on, you know, he, I think he's one of the better goalies in this league. So I'll be curious to see how he plays in this one, assuming he does get the start, but I don't really see why he wouldn't. Um, at this point, I don't think they're going to start Thomas Grice or anything like that. But again, thank you all so much for listening. And I'm, I'm super fired up to be in Pittsburgh now. Um, this will be where I will be recording um, basically every episode I have my PC set up in here and maybe I'll rearrange some stuff in the back, but I figure that's a cool backdrop and I'll have some pictures back there as well. But I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. We'll see what the Penguins can do on Saturday. Then we'll, we, we will recap the game on Monday for a fresh new slate of episodes to start your first full week of December. So again, thank you all so much for listening. Hope you all have a wonderful weekend. I'll talk to you all on Monday.